You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Uh, this is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He's Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps. Some things around the NBA are popping up. You're going to see this all the time. But it, it was terrible to see Steph Curry hurt his shoulder the other day. And the good news, it happened Wednesday against the Pacers, who the Cavaliers played then on Friday. Uh, the good news is no surgery is necessary. But... The prognosis right now, Mike, they say expected to be out weeks. Well, if you're Golden State and your 30-point-a-game score is out and he's going to be out weeks and you're right around 500, which is where they are right now, and you know they're, they're not sitting on the top of the Western Conference, you got to be extremely concerned about your situation and losing your star player right now for a period of time. What does Golden State do to overcome? Can they? They had a deep roster. A year ago, their their roster was really good, and it was very deep. They've lost a couple of those guys. And to me, perhaps the biggest loss for them was Gary Payton the third, because of what he gave them defensively, his toughness, his mindset, um, knew his role, knew his job, came in and did it for him. Uh, I would think that they are waiting on, I don't want to say disappointed because I can't speak for another team, but Wiseman probably has not reached the level that most outsiders like us thought he would be at at this point. But how do you know with an 18 or 19-year-old coming into the NBA, right. how long it's going to take them? Is it going to be 22 years old, 24 years old? How many games of experience? They've sent them down to play games in the G League. So having said all of that, you're losing a premier player, a Hall of Fame player who's led you to these championships, and he's going to be out for a while. So you rely on other guys stepping up. Uh, Clay Thompson's going to have to elevate his game. Poole is going to have to be a little bit better than he's been in contributing. And everyone else is going to have to step up uh, to show exactly what they can do, how they can contribute. And you go from there. Uh, The good news, as you said, no surgery necessary. And in the back of Steve Kerr's mind, I'm going to try and be a mind reader right now. He's probably saying, Steph could use a couple weeks off where his legs, his body, the rest of it, because he plays so many minutes. We count on him for so much. And And he's 34. Yeah, and not getting younger, right? And and here he is now, this happened, let's hope it heals well, he comes back well, and then he has fresh legs ready to go again when he comes back in whatever the amount of time is that he needs to recover. In our last basketball goal, we talked about the Eastern Conference in the West right now, Mike, and I think this is fascinating. Uh, as, As we're doing this, Memphis in first place, and Memphis, everybody thought Memphis would be, you know, near the top of the West. New Orleans has stepped up right now. The Pelicans are second in the West. 
Denver, a good team with Michael Malone as head coach, sitting third. Then you have the next three, Phoenix, who, of course, everybody expected to be there. And Portland and Sacramento, who I don't think people thought would probably be in the top six right now. But those are your top six. But it's it's jumbled up. Every team in the West within 10 games of first place, all 15 of them. And 11 teams are within six games. But I, I think it's pretty cool that New Orleans is up there right now. Denver has its act together, as we I think a lot of people expected. But Portland and Sacramento as well, Mike. You doing Clipper games, you've seen those teams more than I have, more than other folks here uh, in, in the Cleveland area have seen them. Do you like what's happening in the West right now? Because, man, does it look competitive. Well, you talk about the wild, wild West. Here it is right now. And the names you mentioned, who would have thought after last season that you're going to see Portland with home court advantage right now if the playoffs started today? Who thought that Sacramento, okay, who hasn't had a 50-win season since when? Pages Stoyakovich of Vladimir yeah. Divac? With Chris Webber? Yeah. I mean, it's it's unreal how the balance has changed. The, the Memphis squad. Look, Memphis has done a lot of this without John Morant because he was out with the injuries that he's had. So these mean that they are they're deep rosters, players who can step up, fill in. The GMs have done a very good job of putting these rosters together. The coaches have done a great job in manipulating their lineups, playing the right people, playing the style of play that fits them best, and enabling them to be, as you mentioned, in a Western Conference race that you scratch your head right now because there are so many of the elite teams. Uh, how about a team that's got a Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and a mm. LeBron James on it? I don't think I heard you mention them with those names there. So funny, how, I didn't. Yeah, how wild is the West <laughs> right now? It's I, I'm anxious to see how it plays out because there's there's a lot of talent spread throughout that entire conference. And there's no telling who steps up and, and maybe who falls off a little bit. A couple of things happened earlier in the week, Mike. And I, I looked at both of them, and I think they happened on the same night. And I, I just thought, are we past that or are we not past this? And let me explain. Uh, Minnesota against Utah. So Rudy Gobert with the Timberwolves going up against his former team. It's late in the game. Minnesota has the lead. Minnesota has the ball. They're running out the clock. Utah with some token pressure on the ball, but they threw it to Rudy Gobert, who's standing under the basket by himself as time's, time's running out, the, the game's under control, and Rudy put it in. So by the time he gets to like half court, the game's over, but his former Jazz teammates aren't real happy, and there is some minor scuffling going on, and there's some yelling and screaming, and they're not real happy that he put that basket in at the end of the game when they were up. And then Zion Williamson against Phoenix for the Pelicans. They've got the game. The ball comes out loose as time's running out. Zion's in the open court by himself. And he goes in and does like a 360 windmill dunk. And everybody gets all excited. And they win the game. And Phoenix isn't happy. And Chris Paul comes over and he's yelling at Zion. And, you know, the coaches are having to be pushing players away and everything else. And words are exchanged. And, and I just thought, Aren't, aren't we past that? You know, if you lose by eight, you lose by 10. Okay. And I understand the, you're disrespecting the game and all that, but Mike, the NBA might be the biggest show me league, you know, look at me, 
players are marketing themselves, the entertainment factor. People loved Zion doing that dunk. Should the other teams have gotten all upset about that, or were they right in being upset at a basket late in a game when it didn't matter? I think it's a very young NBA that you're talking about. I think there are a number of immature players that you're talking about. If you get beat badly, stop crying. Play better. Don't get beat that badly. If you leave a man open underneath the basket that is seven feet, two inches tall, or seven feet, three inches tall, and you have no one next to him guarding him, then you deserve to get dunked on. Otherwise, put somebody next to him and stop the ball from being passed in there. And these people who dribble over the half-court line, 30 seconds left in the game, 35 seconds left in the game, the game is over, 10-point differential. They dribble over the half-court line, and they take a turnover because they dribble the clock out. Then they put the ball down the floor. They've turned it over. The other team takes it out on the side. Then they throw it in, and then they dribble the clock out. Shoot the basketball at that point. Now, the only way maybe you can be upset, you know, if you're betting on a game and this is going to make a big difference (laughs) on it, that's one thing that gets you scratching your head thinking about. But other than that, stop being a baby. Play the game. It's a 48-minute game. If you don't want to guard somebody in the last 30, 45 seconds, that's your problem. If your coach tells you don't guard them, that's your coach's problem. But don't get mad at the other team if you want to leave them alone what are they supposed to look stupid? Go bear supposed to catch the ball under the rim and then go, oh, no, I'm going to dribble it back out to half court. Come on. Come on. Stop making something over something that's nothing. I agree with you 110% on that. But I'm surprised at the reaction of the Jazz, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Jazz in this situation and of the Suns. Because in today's NBA, Mike, it just doesn't seem like that fits. Because the NBA's, and I don't say this in a disparaging way, I say it in a great way. It's a show. It's entertainment. And that's why arenas are full and why people are watching on television and people are loving these young stars. So I, I it almost seems like, hey, wait a minute. You want all that, but you don't want a guy to put the ball in the basket? It didn't make any sense to me. Stop playing better in the beginning of the game and stop complaining about something that's really irrelevant in a 10 or 12 point win, whether or not the guy does a 360 double pump slam dunk backwards, okay, or another guy just stands under there, nobody's guarding him, you're passing the ball and he decides to dunk it. So what? That's your problem. You stop playing defense and you want him to stop playing offense because you made that decision. Some guys play, as they say, till the final buzzer. So play to the final buzzer. You've been watching the Eastern Conference and doing Cavs work, the Western Conference doing Clippers work. Any team jump out at you, Mike, that you think, this is a team that, wait, if I'm looking down the road and I'm looking into June, this team still might be playing. Who's caught your eye? Well, I would have said initially Boston and Milwaukee. And then Boston goes on a road trip and winds up losing the the first two games of the road trip that they go on. And Milwaukee now has been getting a beating from, it seems like every other night, Uh, Boston will finally get their big man back, it seems, their center. Uh, Should be back for him now. 
Milwaukee had such an incredible run early on without Middleton. Then Middleton rejoined them. They haven't played nearly as well because it's integrating a vital piece into this team that is so good. And he wasn't around for the beginning of the season. So now the coach has to work him back in. The players have to figure it out again. Where do we get Middleton the ball? When does he get a shot after Giannis gives up a shot? All of that's going on. So those two teams that I thought were the dominant teams have now taken a step back. That doesn't mean Boston's not going to be really good again, especially when the center comes back. Doesn't mean Milwaukee cannot regain the championship character. To me, I'm looking at these teams that are stepping up now that we didn't notice early on. Sacramento Mm -hmm. finally buying into what Michael Brown has been preaching and teaching along the way has turned into a very formidable opponent who scores a lot of points. You mentioned about Memphis, about New Orleans, what they're doing. You know, will the Clippers ever be able to put their main guys on the floor for a stretch of games that will give them a chance to put a six, seven, eight game winning streak together? They certainly have the talent. It's just that the talent has to be able to play in the games so that they can get wins to put that kind of run together. A lot of teams emerging now. How about Orlando? All of a sudden, Orlando playing outstanding basketball, winning games. They couldn't smell a win for the first, you know, 18 that's games. That's true. Yeah. So uh, that's what's happening now. The league young kids are growing up. They're getting more experience. Remember, a lot of these youngsters that are in the league right now, they are at or past the halfway point in what would have been their college season. True. And we're not even up, what, the third mark of the NBA season? Yeah. So it's all stuff to think about in the growing, maturing process. Outstanding, sir. Let's do it again in a few days. Thanks so much for allowing me to be part of Pure Gold. (laughs) He's Fratello. I'm Phelps. And this has been Basketball Gold. We'll talk to you next time.